0: hello everyone so uh, as we had discussed uh, some of the avoidable transactions in our last uh, session and uh, i hope you have gone through uh, the material provided to you uh, and you have a fair understanding of uh, certain avoidable transactions which are given under ibc today we will discuss uh, a very new case uh, which has uh, put a light on uh, some preferential transactions which has happened uh, under the IBC and how it can be applied (coughs) which has been decided by the Supreme Court uh, recently. The case is Anuj Jain Interim Resolution Professionals for JP Infratech Limited versus uh, Axis Bank Limited etc. The main question uh, in this case uh, that Supreme Court has discussed is whether uh, the mortgage uh, which is offered by a subsidiary company under insolvency uh, to secure the parent company's debt. So if a subsidiary company uh, is creating a security for the, uh, the creditors of the parent company uh, and the parent company if they had created any debt whether uh, this is a preferential transaction so in brief uh, in this case uh, Supreme Court uh, has laid down uh, two aspects one is uh, the et- essential elements of uh, preferential transaction under section 43 of IBC and whether the mortgage of uh, property belong to corporate debtor but securing the third-party debt would be financial creditor of the corporate debtor under the code. So these two uh, things have been um, addressed uh, and has been laid down by the Supreme Court. So the facts of the uh, case goes like uh, in 2003, uh, this company called jay Prakash Associates Limited, in short we can call this JAL, uh, it was awarded the rights uh, for the construction of an express and uh, Concession agreement uh, was entered between uh, into uh, with the Yamuna Express Industrial Development Authority. Uh, this uh, construction uh, concession was given to Jayaprakash uh, Associates uh, for the construction of uh, Express Highway, and uh, another company that is called JP uh, InfraTech Limited (JIL). This was uh, set up as a special purpose vehicle for the construction, and uh, the finance uh, for this uh, was obtained from a consortium of bank against uh, partial mortgages of land uh, acquired and pledged of around 50% of the shareholding of Jay Prakash Associates Limited. So uh, this jil which is a a special purpose vehicle it is having a holding uh, from jay prakash associates uh, which is uh, the concessionaire so 51 percent means now it is uh, jal is a holding company and uh, jil is a subsidiary company so jil was uh, was declared as a non-performing asset uh, by Life Insurance Corporation and, uh, in the month of uh, September 2015 and by uh, some of its uh, other lenders uh, on uh, March around in 2016 and then uh, idbi bank limited institution uh, instituted a petition under section 7 of ibc seeking uh, to initiate corporate insolvency resolution pre- uh, uh, process against jil which is a special purpose vehicle so this petition was instituted uh, instituted on the on the ground uh, that jil uh, has committed a default uh, of around 500 crores of uh, rupees in the repayment of its dues and uh, in the month of uh, august 2017 around nclt passed an order and appointed an insolvency resolution professional uh, on the assets of jil the uh, irp moved an application seeking directions uh, that the transactions entered into uh, by the director and promoters of JIL which created mortgages of around uh, 858 acres of immobile property owned by it to secure the debts of JAL JAL, which is a holding company and they uh, this uh, this uh, IRP found this as a preferential undervalued wrongful and fraudulent transaction and hence the security interest created by the jil in favor of the lenders of jal be discharged and such properties be are uh, deemed to be vested in jil now nclt uh, allowed the application which was filed so as we discussed that uh, it is responsibility of the irp to file the application to declare any transaction as uh, avoidable transaction and then action could be taken so similarly they have been uh, very active and filed this so uh, the the nclt allowed the application uh, in <clears throat> around march 2018 and with respect to six of the uh, transactions uh, Covering around 750 acres of land uh, was declared as uh, not uh, uh, valid. And on the appeal uh, which was filed uh, by JAL uh, lenders, the Appellant Authority, that is NCLT, uh, passed its order in the month of August 2019 and set aside the order which is passed by NCLT. Now, uh, and held that uh, such lenders of JAL were. Entitled to exercise the rights under the code because, uh, as we also discussed, that uh, if any uh, right is created for a third party, then third party, uh, uh, if uh, if has not uh, no uh, non of uh, the the transaction that has happened, so they will be protected. So issues uh, for the consideration uh, that has been there as the uh, the interim uh, that the resolution professional uh, then filed an appeal to supreme court so issue basically is whether the impugned transaction of jil uh, which is creating a security interest by mortgaging the property in favor of the lender of jal are liable to be avoided as being preferential undervalued or fraudulent transactions under section 43 44 and 66 of ibc so we need to, uh, and again uh, revisit uh, the section uh, provisions of 43, uh, 44, and 40 and uh, 66 to understand this issue. Uh, now, under IBC, a transaction is deemed to be preferential if it is satisfied certain criteria, which is given under 43. One is the transaction uh, is transfer of property or interest thereof of the corporate debtor for the benefit of a creditor or surety or guarantor for an account of an antecedent financial or operational debt such transfer uh, would put such a creditor or a surety or guarantor in a beneficial position then it would have been uh, in the event of distribution of asset under section 53 which is our liquidation waterfall mechanism The relevant time for the classification of such transactional preferential is that they should have been completed within two years preceding the insolvency uh, commencement date in the case of related party and one year in the case of unrelated party. Further subsection is there which provide certain exclusion criteria whereby preferential transaction is not liable to be avoided. That is, if it is done in the ordinary course of business of the, or if the uh, the transfer creates a security interest in the property acquired by the corporate debtor, whereby adding new value. Okay. Uh, so new transaction with the application of the mind if new value is created and the transaction was done so it could be uh, undertaken. Now Supreme Court uh, analyzed section 43 and uh, it has uh, with respect to this have laid down uh, certain points uh, which required, are required to be cons- considered before classifying a transaction to be a preferential transaction and uh, what we have looked into this is at the, whether such a transaction is for the benefit of the creditor or surety or a guarantor or not then second is whether such transfer transfer is for or for or on account of an antecedent financial debt or operational debt or other liabilities owned by the corporate debtor and the third whether such transfer has the effect of putting such creditor or surety or guarantee in a beneficial position as compared to section 53 and uh, fourth If uh, such transfer has been for the benefit of a related party other than um, an employer, uh, the employee, as to whether such, uh, whether some uh, same uh, was made during the period of two years, or if it is transaction is with the uh, unrelated party, whether it is done within one year, because if it comes out of the time period. Uh, which is given, then uh, this section will not apply. And as to whether such a transaction is not an exclusion uh, transaction under Subsection 3 of Section 43. Now, um, applying uh, the section and uh, the guidelines which Supreme Court has done uh, has given in this case, Supreme Court uh, held that. The <clears throat> act of creating a security interest uh, by mortgaging a property in favor of the lenders of JAL uh, satisfies all the criteria uh, which uh, has been mentioned. So, uh, the transaction has been uh, for the transfer of the benefit of JAL, which is also a related party of the corporate debtor, they say JIL, and is, uh, its creditor and surety by virtue of antecedent operational debts as also other facilities which are extended by it, and the transaction have the effect of putting JAL in a beneficial position, then it would have been in the event of distribution of the assets which are being uh, supposed to be made under section 53 of the code. So the corporate data that is JIL has given a preference in the manner as mentioned under section 43. So it can it can be said that it is. Uh, a preferential transaction. Now uh, considering the status of mortgages of the assets of JIL uh, pertaining to the debts of JAL. Now considering the mortgage transactions uh, which are held to be preferential and uh, also avoided, the lenders of the JAL uh, could know uh, could in no case uh, be the financial creditors of JIL. The Supreme Court elaborated uh, this position uh, of uh, the, of the mortgagees in respect of their claims to be financial creditors of J I L. Uh, should the avoidance uh, allegations have failed, the Supreme Court uh, clarified that any debt to be a financial debt under the code it ought to satisfy the conditions of being disturbed uh, of being disposed against the consideration for the time value of the money, and by a mode of disbursal prescribed for the financial debt under the code since the mortgages are not expressly covered under the said definition the same cannot be viewed as a financial debt because <coughs> it was there was no agreement as such further the code uh, highlight uh, and uh, distinction between a person having security interest and a person having a financial credit. The court held that a person uh, to be a financial creditor, it needs to show that the corporate debtor owes a financial debt to such person. The uh, now court uh, held that while uh, every secured creditor and every financial creditor is a creditor, every secured creditor may not be a financial creditor for the purpose of this court so this is a very important uh, analysis that supreme court has made so supreme court has also analyzed the position that is uh, enjoyed by the financial creditor whose stakes are uh, intrinsically uh, interwoven with the uh, with the whole uh, being of a finan- uh, uh, being uh, of the corporate debtor and hence the view is the, uh, of the objective of the code is that a person having only a secured interest in the corporate debtor or as in the person in the present case a mortgagee is can easily be construed uh, within the definition of the corporate debtor as uh, the former uh, shall only have the interest in the realizing the value of its security rather than <coughs> simultaneously loss, uh, looking for the revival of the uh, corporate debtor so the supreme court held that the person who are secured securing debts of the third party would not be financial creditors under this code and uh, also in light of this discussion a supreme court held that the lenders of jal are secured creditors they are not financial creditors of jil okay so there there is a difference between the secured creditor and a financial creditor so a party will become only financial creditor but it is covered under the code under the definition so that is why they are not covered under the definition of the financial creditor as well so while deciding uh, the, this question uh, the court also <coughs> given a recourse to the judgment which is passed in Swiss Ribbons uh, wherein wherein the position of the financial creditor and role uh, of the financial uh, creditor in the insolvency resolution process has been discussed and as it has been compared with other creditors so there may be number of types of creditors uh, for the company but every uh, creditor cannot be considered to be a financial creditor in Swiss Ribbon court held, uh, court held that uh, it is a financial creditor who lends the finance on the term of loan or for the working capital that enables the corporate debtor to set up or operate its business and on, and who has specified repayment schedules with the uh, default uh, consequences. So the most important feature um, as the court uh court has considered is that the financial uh, creditor is from the very beginning involved in the assessing the viability of a corporate debtor who can and indeed engage in restructuring of the loan as well as reorganization of the corporate debtor's business when there is a financial stress so financial debt and financial creditor are visualized against generic terms such as creditors and debt, and uh, the court has analyzed uh, the difference between financial debt, financial uh, creditor, and normally the creditor and the debt. So the gen- generic term creditor is defined to mean any person to whom a debt and debt and can be included as secured creditor, unsecured creditor, financial creditor. It's a broad term. So within the broad term, there are for certain categories. So out of these categories, we have secured creditor, unsecured creditor, financial creditor, operational creditor. So all are having some difference. So court in this case has analyzed uh, uh, the difference and. Uh, concluded uh, that uh, how a person can be held to be a financial creditor further under uh, section 5 clause 8 of the IBC uh, the court held that uh, for a debt to be a financial debt it is seen quonun that the dispersal of money is against the consideration for the time value of the money further it is essential that the cor- uh, the financial creditor has a direct engagement with the corporate debtor that is financial debt is is required to be due and payable by the corporate debtor for the creditor to be classified as a financial creditor but this was not present in the uh, in the in the case that we discussed uh, of uh, jp uh, infra uh, so so that is why uh, uh, it cannot be held to be the financial creditor so, after the, uh, the the reading of uh, IBC and the observations which were made by uh, Swiss Ribbon Case, court held that the person having only security interest over the assets of the corporate debtor may fall under the definition of a secured creditor under Section 3, Clause 30, by virtue of collateral security extended by the corporate debtor, but would nevertheless stand uh, outside the ambit of the financial creditor as defined under Section Uh, 5 clause 7 and 8. Thus the mortgage created in the present case is neither uh, towards any loan facility or uh, directly or indirectly availed by the JIL not toward protecting any facility or security of jil so it cannot be said that jil owes the lenders of jal any financial debt uh, within the meaning of section 5 clause 8 of the code and hence such lenders of jal do not fall in the category of financial creditors of the corporate debtor that is jil so that is how the court has decided this case and um, decided about the under uh, the avoidable transactions uh, please go through the the case in detail and uh, share your comments. Thank you.